0: Hey, Mike.
1: Hey, Michelle. How's are you it just, going? Are you just taunting me with your. <laughs> ready?
0: I hadn't had the. Uh, I hadn't said that. That was last time. Uh, it's
1: hard to tell the difference sometimes. I'd like to begin by asking you a few questions about how this whole mess got started. Do you remember seeing him for the first time? Yeah. You guys here on vacation? Certainly are. Welcome to the end of the world
0: i know i know first world problems huh well michelle
1: we have to get through this pretty quickly because i have to be on time for my painting class i'm taking paint taking up painting are you yeah okay it's a great way to pick up chicks
0: oh (laughs) okay Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Let's, let's do get through this quickly because at this point I'm just pissed off and I don't have anything at all nice to say. Last week it was like a fun bitchy thing. And this week I just, I don't have anything positive to say at all. I feel like we're being punked, and I feel like this is the most ridiculous crap that I have to sit through, not once, but, you know, more than once, of course, to podcast. And I'm taking notes on this ridiculousness, and I'm just so mad about it. So anyway— how are you? Well, are Michelle, they going to cut your power the, off again?
1: When the Santa Ana winds come, I'm going to record it this time. I almost recorded it last time when the power went off because there was one night where it picked up to like 70 miles an hour. Uh-huh. And it's weird. It's really weird because you're, you're in the middle of the night and it's October. 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 When we get to that freaking TV interview, We're Busy Phillips, so I want to make fun of her voice. Mm. Interviewer. <laughs> anyway. It's October and it's really kind of chilly in the morning. It's 45 degrees. It warms up to, you know, 70 in the afternoon. But when it's freaking 82 degrees at night in the middle of the night and the wind is blowing on you at like 70 miles an hour or 50 miles an hour, it's really pretty cool. I mean, it's. Yeah, it's hard st- to
0: say that sounds really cool to me.
1: <laughs> it's scary that it's going to maybe blow. Trees, I think last week I said that the wires got blown into the trees. I think the trees actually get blown into the wires, so let me correct that. But um, yeah, so they're threatening to turn off the power again because we're supposed to have those Santa Ana winds tomorrow. So that's why we're a little early this week.
0: I was gonna suggest we just put the last three episodes together and just come on and just like sit here quietly for a minute, maybe, you know, vomit if we need to and then just be done. You
1: know, I did I never watched the Nexons, but I watched them on this one and it looks like they're going even a little bit further afield, Michelle.
0: Of course they are. <laughs> of course that's what they're gonna do.
1: This I mean, thing I think has I like a Noah rails. climbing a mountain or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and No other looks at Joni. I guess we're just, and I don't care. I don't care anymore at all. But now we're just done with Joni. I didn't even like Helen in this one. And, I mean, I really started liking her again last time. And I didn't even like Helen in this one. She's she's weak now, right? And that's not who I see Helen as. She's had her moments, but they just portray her as being this. And Whitney, oh, my gosh, I just can't. I can't and i've i've had people write to me about this and i'm behind in getting back to all of you I've, there's been so many like contacts and emails i have a stack of emails and i promise i'm going to respond i'll try to get that done in a couple days i've got this is the week of my daughter's wedding and and just a lot of stuff going on, not just due to that, but that and a million other things that are happening all at the same time. But the one positive I can think of is that you, Mike, you were right about this all being Sasha's fault. So there's that. Of course, Helen's going to take that on her because she's going to be like some kind of, you know, martyr and set herself on fire to keep Sasha. I mean, it just pisses me off. But okay. Okay. I was okay. going to
1: say the one constant is my power is going to be shut off again.
0: Well, and there's that too. How how long are they saying it might be off? They don't even? know.
1: I mean, they just say we'll turn it off when we have to and then turn it back on when it's safe. The the thing is Michelle, this power company got in big trouble cuz they didn't maintain the brush around their telephone t- telephone lines, power lines for years sure. and mm-hmm. paid them paid paid them executives pay, paid their <laughs> executives a bunch of bonuses and <laughs> You know, everybody hates utility companies because it's kind of a necessary evil. But um, this company just made a ton of money and didn't take care of their shit. And now it caused all those fires and they got sued by a bunch of people and they went they actually went into bankruptcy. So now they think they're just doing this power shut off preemptively to, like, buffer their case against the lawsuits that are against them. Right. Like, watch how watch how safe we are and how protective we are of our customers. Well, all
0: the way in Tennessee, we're hearing stuff about that. It's on even our news and stuff where it's talking about your power company is maybe going to be forced to pay customers $100 each or something because of the – and I don't know if, of course, it's your power company, but a power company out there because they shut it off unnecessarily or something –
1: yeah, I mean, it did it, that one night that the power was off. It did have seventy mile an hour winds, but it was like one one time out of three days. So I don't know. It gets hard to judge, guess nature's intent and know when things are going to happen in nature. But
0: no, absolutely. I mean, they don't get our weather right here ever. I mean, ever. It's like less than fifty percent, and you would think you could at least do it if you're just lucky fifty percent. So yeah, I get that, but. We're even hearing stuff here about the problems that you're having out there. Not just the fires, but the winds and that kind of stuff. So
1: So Michelle, ironically, I was gonna ask you as we get to this final couple episodes, to remember your happy moments in the affair, like what was your favorite scene or what was the most fun time you you know, what episode did you like to watch the most and had a really good time watching it and Thought it was fun and interesting. And I'll tell you mine now, because it's so ironically connected to this episode, 509, is the one where Noah, maybe it's not that one, maybe I should save it. I I was going to say, I thought it was the one with Noah and where he's mistakenly at the party with Whitney, but it might not be. I'll check my notes again. But anyway, I want to ask you that question What, so you can think about it for the final podcast. What was okay. your favorite episode of The Affair to watch?
0: Okay, that's a good question, and I will think about it because the, the, the series had so much potential, and I have zero hope for this series. Zero. There's no way they can pull this out. Nothing. There's nothing they can do. They cannot satisfy me now. Nothing they do is going to make me happy now. Nothing. I feel like we're being punked.
1: Michelle, I hate to start this out with an argument with you because we normally normally mesh right into arguments pretty easily. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I'm going to say again that Noah is not as bad as they're making him out to be. Noah is not a predator. He's a dope. He's a good-looking dope who comes across a lot of pretty women that are attracted to him, and he finds himself unable to resist them and gets himself in trouble. Imagine, okay, imagine, like, what, what if Sasha was at the Scotty incident? Would Sasha have gone to jail for any frickin' buddy? No, Sasha's a predator. He takes advantage of people and uses it to his own personal advantage. Noah is not a Me Too predator. He's a dope.
0: Fur Cat's a predator.
1: Furcat's a predator. I, I, Furcat's Sasha.
0: Yeah, I mean I agree. Yeah, I
1: think Furcat and Sasha are more like each other than Furcat and Noah. And they're trying to portray that Noah and Furcat are similar. Right. And they're not. Noah is not. Noah's a, a cuck. Noah's a little punk. He's a little sissy punk. He can't stand up for himself. He's not. He's not a predator in the business world. He's not smart. He's like a he's like a doofus.
0: I mean, I completely agree. If if you think I'm going to argue that, then I mean, I completely agree with you.
1: Well, you get mad. You got mad at me last time when I said Noah was attractive and people, and that presents opportunities to him, so it makes it hard to resist, and that's why he's in all these affairs.
0: I didn't get mad. I just don't think he's attractive at all. I'm attracted by by intelligence and wit, and it doesn't really matter how a guy looks as i mean of course it matters of course it matters but but the brain the brain is what gets me and so noah is completely unattractive because like you said he's he's a doofus and doofus is not attractive to me so maybe that's my whole thing with it you know why i've never felt like um I don't see how women can be attracted to that. I do see how women can be attracted to men who are smart, even if they're um, not nice. I mean, not good for them, not good for the women. I see that. But I don't see Noah.
1: You know, there is one way I think Noah might be able to pull this out for this whole whole series. I don't think they'll do it. I don't think they'll do it.
0: He has to die, right? No. I mean, that's what they're going to do. No.
1: I don't think, well, they might, they might do. I don't think they'll do what I think they should do. What's that? Is that Noah goes off, sits on a cliff by the ocean and starts to think, and he thinks up a plan, a story number three or four, whatever whatever freaking novel he's on now. <laughs> and he writes out what, he writes out the truth. He writes out what, what really happened. Okay. I mean, he yeah. writes. He writes a fictional story about how this could have been prevented.
0: Maybe that would not, be maybe, good.
1: Maybe not a conf- w- maybe not a confession, but just something smart. He does something smart for once. He does right. something creative and like he outsmarts Sasha. That would make me feel better about Noah. It would make Sasha get his comeuppance. It would make well,
0: they're th- gonna do that. They're gonna do something where Sasha gets his comeuppance, maybe his comeuppance is just that he doesn't get Helen. Helen sees through him. I don't know. And that's not good enough, but. There
1: were, there were a couple points in here where I thought Sarah dream was kind of on track. Like she was like, she wasn't presenting these women as, Oh, look at, look at what, affairs due to women. Look how women are the victims of this. I might be wrong about this cuz she might actually be trying to say this. But if she's being sarcastic about look what look what this look what these men do to women, if that's sarcastic, I'm giving her a lot more credit because it appears like it should be sarcastic. If she's being direct and straight and serious about it, then that's another story, but this is almost comically sarcastic about what I mean Audrey is mad because Noah didn't sleep with her. (laughs) And she's complaining about Me Tooism. Audrey is mad because he didn't take up, he didn't think she was pretty enough and smart enough and wouldn't sleep with him in college.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And Whitney's a total traitor now because she loved her dad for helping support her through the wedding. And now she's throwing him under the bus for something she hears on a plane. And what about these coincidences, Michelle? More coincidences that are like freaking so outrageously nutty that – how else can you look at this but a comedy now?
0: I mean, it's a comedy that's not funny. It's a comedy that's like being used to poke you and guide you – Okay, the one thing that really pisses me off in TV, one of the things that really gets me going, is when these people who are writers and directors and whatever try to mold our minds into thinking the way they think. So they do these absurd um, scenarios and then we're supposed to just follow along like sheep and go yeah yeah that's right that that is not me and it pisses me off that they insult my intelligence like that like they think they know better than I know and they can mold me and it just its it's disgusting to me I'm disgusted by the whole thing
1: yeah or I I like I I agree with that, but I also don't like when artists get some notoriety and get a bit of a platform and then just use it for their own personal statements on the world. I mean, I guess that's kind of what art is. You paint something or you record something and you make your message known to the world. But this was The Affair. This is a show about a romantic connection being broken by a sexual desire between multiple people. It was, a, it, was a, it was an emotional friendship slash love slash affair topic. And now it's a political, it's a, it's a platform, it's a podium for political statements.
0: Well, political hack jobs. What, what um, social issue, current social issue has not been addressed in this show? And not just not been addressed, but not been shoved down our throats. Name one, because I can't think of one. We have climate change. We have misogyny. We have racism. um, We have, I mean, what?
1: Me too.
0: Me too. I mean, every single thing has been addressed in this. I can't think of anything.
1: Well and it's plus it's earth. got it's come at the expense of what I was starting to say about the original story the the affair is now so top heavily overweighted with this other crap that it's there's no room for the story about the affair anymore it's all this other stuff toppling it over and she's going to run out of time i mean there's after this there's two episodes left to resolve all the crap that she's got all these plates spinning now
0: And I can't believe this was an hour and 20 minutes long. I can't believe I had to sit through that twice. I mean, I was just, I don't know.
1: We need another season, Michelle, to resolve all this.
0: No, 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 because I don't even care what she thinks anymore. I'm
1: kidding. I'm kidding.
0: Yeah, I don't care what happens to, obviously, but I don't don't care. I don't even care because it's just like you said. It's been so, like, tainted with all of these other issues. And, and yeah, it it, it is. It's almost like a joke. It's almost like a joke at this point, but it's not funny.
1: One critic on remember which media platform they're on said this was the best episode of the season of the of the series
0: of course they did of course they did because it picked up their social injustice and took off running with it so of course they said that because people are sheep
1: all right michelle we've got to start out at helen's bunkhouse here she's got like everybody over there
0: Well, we pick up right where we left off last time, and Helen's on the phone with Petra, gets suspicious about what she's being asked, and then goes to ask Noah about it, who denies that anything is a big deal. And I don't know why he's doing that anyway. You know, I mean, good grief, tell her, right? And the timeline here doesn't match up either. Can we talk about that? He was in Petra's office yesterday, according to this timeline. Remember, he got on the flight. He, and it was Helen's birthday, and he got on the flight and he saw that Eden was going to be speaking. And he went to Eden saying this was last night, and then he showed up at Noah's house with the uh, lasagna or whatever. I mean, it's, I'm pretty sure it's the very next day, and if not, it's within a day or two. And now the, the story has been released today. That's not how stories work. You don't release and print this stuff. It's not just social media. This is a magazine. I don't know. That's annoying to me too. I'm sick of how the timelines don't work in this. And there's like, I'll tell you what I don't like,
1: Michelle. Yeah. Noah throws away her glass of wine, (laughs) and and then leaves the bottle uncorked and open, sitting on the countertop.
0: True. I think all the wine's pretty much uncorked, didn't
1: it? Yeah, there's a lot uncorked in this yeah. project.
0: But Helen is kind to Noah. She the Petra was asking about her divorce, and all she's saying is no comment. And then Noah says it was supposed to be a redemption story, and now it's falling into a tabloid piece. And Helen asks about... Um, are they finding any skeletons in his closet? Is this going to be a Me Too thing? And he says, um, well, okay, he does say this. He says they're not going to find out anything about the wedding in Montauk. Is that Whitney's wedding?
1: I think that's Scotty's crash wedding. Like, are they going to find out about what really happened with the with the mean, okay. mean drunk driving?
0: Well, why would he say a wedding in Montauk?
1: Because wasn't that a wedding that Scotty's crash was at?
0: Yeah, I guess it was.
1: You're right, though. She is trying to be nice to him. She is trying to give him the benefit of the doubt, which is a kind of swervy from a different direction she's been in recently. I mean, was she nice to him last episode?
0: She was starting to come around to him, you know, and she was having, like, these feelings and stuff, and she was being normal Helen again. All right. And so right here she's trying to be nice. Yeah, but Noah lets slip that he's discussed it with his attorney, his agent, his publisher, and this is what they do. They handle this kind of stuff. And she says, well, if it's a Me Too thing, me and the kids need to know. And then she says, I have an important work thing. And she doesn't believe him, you know, but she's listening to him. And she says she has an important work thing tomorrow and ask him to lock up when he leaves. So Helen goes into her room and she's looking at the design ideas for her work in the morning. And then she starts Googling Noah and Me Too and all this Vanity Fair article stuff and there's some disturbing things there like Noah the bad boy and all that kind of thing.
1: Did you look at the uh results of the Google search?
0: I, I did a little, did you?
1: I stopped and screen I screen captured and read some of them. One was Vanity Fair. I think she I think she googled Vanity Fair Noah or she something cuz mm-hmm. it was all Vanity Fair. But one was uh them comparing descent to wuthering heights. Hmm. Um, then the second return was how couples favorite the couples the favorite book of couples was dissent. And then there was kind of a, there was kind of an opposing view, like, has me Too gone too far? Maybe it affects the art. And um, maybe it affects art, and we would not have dissent. Uh, if, if me Too was 100 percent in play, we would' have never gotten dissent. Um, I don't know. It was it was kind of trying to portray to me. It seemed like it was trying to portray like a fairness by Vanity Fair that they're showing a few different sides of the Me Too mo- movement.
0: Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm just so annoyed.
1: By the way, Michelle, Helen's home screen page on her computer is that Amy Led design. If you worked for a company, would you have their? Would you have their? <laughs> home? Would you make that your screen top home screensaver, whatever homepage of your personal computer?
0: I can't imagine doing that. I thought she was just looking at that stuff and then pulled up another tab. But no, I can't imagine. Would you?
1: I don't think so. Yeah. If it was my uh, company, you know, maybe. Well,
0: sure, sure. But I mean, it's she, she, we find out she hasn't even worked her first day there. But. She gets up the next morning. Noah never left. He's made a big breakfast for everybody. Everybody's very happy and family-ish. And Noah gets a notification that there's a brush fire nearby.
1: He stayed like me, Michelle. He stayed because it was windy.
0: Right. Right. Um, Sierra is much better. She looks rested. She wants to stay a few more days. Noah is going to clean up, and then he's going to head out, he tells her as Helen leaves, take the kids to school. So then Helen's driving the kids to school and notices that everyone is staring and pointing and obviously talking about them doing these little fake wavy things. And she tries to get the kids to skip school because she knows what's coming. But they have important stuff to do today so they can't do it. And as soon as they get out of the car, this woman knocks on the window and says that her kid's father went through the same thing last year and they got a good crisis management team and she'll give her the deets if Helen needs them.
1: Yeah, Michelle, that scene was like a Big Little Lies redo. the the bitch gauntlet. She had to run the bitch gauntlet to get through everybody staring (laughs) at her.
0: I miss that show. Um, Okay. Then we see Helen alone in the car. She calls Noah. She's stuck in traffic. Traffic is ridiculous. And he's reading the article that has just dropped to her. And Noah, as he's reading, stops to defend himself in place of just finishing the article and then going back. That's very annoying. Then he gets to the part that says six women and Helen freaks out. And there's like sirens blasting everywhere. It's just This whole episode was nothing but chaos, which is probably another reason I disliked it so much. I don't like that chaos noise, everybody talking, um, constant, constant uh, arguing and... Mayhem. I I don't like watching that. I don't like. I just I don't like it. She asked him how could, how could he have not known? And he says that Godfrey said they should just that he was going to be able to get the women to d- retract their stories. And Helen realizes that he did know what was going on when she asked him the night before, and he just didn't tell her. So Helen gets back home and pulls up. You ever had that happen? Because that's like a real life thing in my life. It's where you pull up and you're talking to somebody, and you walk in and you continue. Yeah, but you it. don't
1: keep talking on the phone when you see the person right 40 feet away from you. Like in 32 seconds, you're gonna to talk to them face to face. You don't keep talking.
0: Yeah, well, that was funny. That was kind of funny.
1: If you need a, if you need more proof that no, is a dope, that was, that was it.
0: Well Noah's telling Helen that eat do we need more proof that Noah is a dope? Do we does anybody anybody if there's anybody listening, hello, anybody there? Anybody? That's
1: why I say if he could do just something smart at the end that would that would pull things back together, it would be a bit redemptive. It would be a bit conclusive like we'd get I would some... think
0: he had a brain injury or something. <clears throat> I would because he hasn't done anything smart in 15 years, and suddenly in one episode he's going to get— Well, he wrote he a
1: best-selling s- novel. I mean, you got to—he's— he's,
0: Mike, he wrote a best-selling novel based on the, the ridiculousness of his life. I mean, yeah, if you screw everything up and it captivates people's attention by your screw-up, is that really a success?
1: I think, I think capturing it in a novel is pretty smart. I don't think screwing it up is smart.
0: I guess.
1: Um, Michelle, you'd be the first in line at the bookstore for Descent.
0: <laughs> I probably would not, although I probably would read it um, because I tend to read the popular you stuff. Buy it like, on,
1: you'd buy it on, on e-books so you could hide it in your iPad or something.
0: Yeah, Kindle. That's what I
1: did with uh, Fifty Shades of Grey.
0: So, you could hide it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm no... just
1: looking at my my iPad. You can't see the cover of it, you know.
0: No men admit to reading that I still but didn't you know finish that... it. Yeah. Okay, so Noah is telling Helen that Eden was throwing herself at him. And Noah doesn't know what to do because he's been pulled in three directions. His agent's saying to release an apology statement to the women he hurt, his publicist is threatening him with a morality clause and to not publish his book, and his attorney says don't do anything because this is a potential for a civil lawsuit. So he's getting, like, all these uh, experts telling him different things. In the meanwhile, Helen gets a phone call, and it's her brand spanking new boss who's fired her before she even starts her job because of Noah.
1: Yeah, how can you get fired for something your husband does?
0: Oh, I think stuff like that could happen. I don't think they'd tell her that because I don't think that would be it. But I think they would definitely not want her there if it's going to, you know, I mean, who's going to want this chaos in their home and stuff? Isn't
1: it a little bit, ag- isn't it a little bit against Helen's character to just go, oh, oh well, another job I didn't even get to start, but I guess I'm fired. What's up? Let's let's do the next thing in the episode. She's not even mad. She doesn't even try to fight back or come up with some – she's pretty – she is smart in this show. She has sarcastic, witty answers that she could have ripped that girl with or that woman with.
0: But she's defeated in this. And they're showing her as being like this – I mean, it pisses me off this – she's a different generation. I mean, that doesn't mean you're stupid. You know, and right. she's it's, it's pretty so spineless in this. Insulting. I don't understand when and this is kind of a personal thing because I am Helen's age, and I don't understand when and why it became okay for all of these thirty-somethings to make it like the fifty-somethings are stupid. You know, it's like you're a different generation. I mean, I mean, come on. You know, it's not like we're going back to the 1900s. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. And I don't know. That, that's another thing that really gets me with this. Sierra comes in and asks if everything is okay. And Noah gets a call from the kids' school saying that Trevor got in a fight. Helen fights him about who's going to go. And Noah is like, it's very important to me. It's very important. So they end up going together. And then on the way, Noah apologizes about the job. And Helen says, you know, she's like, I worked really hard. I missed going to Montauk with Whitney because of this. And Noah always finds a way to mess up her life. She's mad about it, but not so much.
1: Yeah, Michelle, Helen worked her ass off for that job. Really? She walked in with all Whitney's ideas and redecorated that one rich woman's house. She, I don't see her working her ass off for that job.
0: Well, I think what she meant. I, I, of course she did. Of course she did. She had been doing people's houses just by word of mouth only. She, she gave up stuff. She missed Whitney's thing. That's a big deal to a mom.
1: You're right. She did have to drink champagne in the morning with the rich woman. I, I forgot about that.
0: Well, I mean, there's work to that. So yeah. I'm gonna give her that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give her that. But he apologizes, and Helen says to apologize to those women. And Noah says he's not going to apologize for something he didn't do. He's done time for a crime he didn't commit, and he's not going to do it again.
1: Go, Noah, yeah.
0: They get into this whole thing, and he's like, you know, maybe I could take responsibility for my own actions if I wasn't so busy taking responsibility for yours or whatever. And, you know, she gets mad about that. And that was kind of low, right, to throw that in her face. At that point. Well, what's he
1: supposed to do? Just sit there? He's. I mean, here, here's Helen fighting back against Noah. Noah fighting back against, against Helen when they should be fighting back against outside other people. But that's what I think families do a lot is they sure. you fight against the person you know isn't going to throw you a hard punch back at you. You know, it's a safe person to fight with because they can't they won't usually undo you like the real world will.
0: Right. That's a good point. That's actually a great point about what's going on. But I, I think she is angry at Noah, and I think she has every right to be not angry at him, per se, but at the situation that he has again. I mean, she's got to be used to it by now, right? It's like, I mean, he's done nothing but just like, you know, wave after wave after wave of tearing her life down, Well, that's the other thought I have
1: about this is what, how, what's productive about this anger? This is all stuff that's happened in Noah's life years and years ago. He's kind of like, he's, he's, he's not still doing it. It doesn't seem as much or in any sort of degree, like he was back then. He's kind of trying to pull it back together and be there for Helen and the kids and for Whitney and all that. And, this all happened years ago. What productive, how is it productive to be angry at him for it at this point?
0: Only, it. well, it's not. There's no, it's not productive at all. <clears throat> but he is defensive, which is annoying. And it's the stuff that, and, and I don't blame him, I guess. You're right. But it's annoying because this is his trouble that's, again, affecting her life. So, I mean, I can see how that would make her mad. And also, he says it's her fault that he let Eden in his hotel room that night. He blames Helen for that.
1: That's stupid. He,
0: yeah. But that's yeah. this is
1: why he's pushing back, though, because he's like, look, everybody's pushing me freaking to the wall here. He's got to push. He's got to do something. He can't just take it all from everybody. That's why he's barking back at Helen. He's not yeah. mad enough to bark back at the accusers who, you know, what about the woman who came up to his room? I'm even going to get mad at, at the people accusing him for being a, at Whitney for accusing him of being in the hot tub. Cause he didn't know that was Whitney. Oh, She's we're just-
0: going to talk about that one. Yeah. we're, we're going to talk about that when we get there. All right. Okay. But they're stopped and they turn around because they're evacuating because of the fire and Helen I guess she wants to be arrested or something, or maybe her frustrations just bubbling over, so she starts pitching a fit at the police officer. But it's still a no go.
1: Well, those cops then, are those cops are stupid. What would you do, Michelle, if your child's school was two miles ahead and there was a fire preventing you from getting to it, and they were being evacuated because of fire? Well, I mean, you, what can you do? Would you simply turn around and go, "Oh yes, officer, I'm on my way in an opposite direction"?
0: No, I would tell them that they're going to have to tell me what else to do. Essentially
1: what Helen does here.
0: Yeah, but she's kind of ugly about it. I'd be ugly. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I understand it, but it's not going to get you anywhere. I don't know. know.
1: I might have even pushed it more than Helen does. Like, are you going to arrest me if I proceed to drive forward? Because I'm going to go pick up my child who's in danger from the fire. I might push it farther than she did.
0: Well, yeah, but it's not actually the fact that you're going to be arrested. It's the fact that the road is closed and they have people driving on the opposite side of the road to evacuate. So it's not like they can let her go through. They have opened this lane to other traffic ahead, and so they can't allow it to happen. So I see that. But, you know— there's, there's no choice in the matter. It can't happen. But I would want to know, okay, then what's the alternative? You, you so. don't
1: see people driving on the shoulder. You don't see people pulling, stepping out of their car and just walking towards their children.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't Pull see people just turning
1: around obediently with the cop. The cop is kind of righteous. Like, I'm right here, and you're wrong, ma'am, and you have to turn around. Like. He doesn't even say, hey, I understand how hard this can be for you. He's just a stupid cop giving her directions.
0: Well, and the thing about it is you have to have an alternative. If you're going to tell people you can't get to your kids, there has to be a take this road the back way and you can still get there. But understand that everybody's evacuating. I mean, yeah, there has to be don't, something.
1: Or don't worry. The kids are on the bus coming from the school. They'll be out of here in four minutes. Just right. give her some sort of a solution.
0: Exactly. But no, the cop doesn't have the solution, but Noah does. We'll get somebody that's over there to pick him up, which happens to be Brooklyn's mom. And they're unable to reach Trevor or Stacy on their See, phone. See, that's
1: a little bit of intelligence that Noah drops into this ugly soup. She yeah. even says, "Good idea." Like he's got some. He's there's got to be some redemption for Noah at the end of this in these final two episodes.
0: I guess. So back at home, Priya is there to pick up Sierra and Eddie because of the smoke. And when they're leaving, as they're leaving, Noah gets a call in the background. And he's upset that they're taking his name off the movie, buying him out and taking his name off of his own story. And Helen is back to Helen and she's sympathetic. Then, wait, Michelle,
1: is Priya going to take Eddie and Sierra or just Eddie? Both. Okay. If she just takes Eddie away forever, we never see him again. That's the perfect solution. Let Sierra be the little actress in Hollywood and get all the free time she needs. She can go visit Eddie when she needs to. And Priya has the new grandbaby to make her happy.
0: Well, I mean, you don't give your kid away. Yes, you do. No. Sierra's a good mom. She was just struggling. She was just struggling. You
1: give graveyard Eddie away as soon as you can. Oh, my goodness.
0: Okay, then Helen's phone rings, and it's Brooklyn's mom saying that she never got the kids. They weren't at school, and someone else had already picked them up, and Brooklyn doesn't know who. And they're still unable to get a hold of these kids. Why are these kids not answering their phone?
1: I don't know, but the phone lines probably down. The phone lines get swamped pretty pretty easy.
0: I guess. Well, I mean, it's not down because the phones are constantly ringing.
1: So Michelle, I'm I'm interrupting you, and I'm like one's topic behind you. This whole That's okay. this whole review, yeah. <laughs> because I'm interrupting you. We're, I'm behind, but um, shouldn't shouldn't Helen be more upset that Noah's being erased from the story?
0: I think she is upset.
1: She's not as upset as she should be, though, I don't think.
0: I don't think she knows what to do at this point. I think it's all—I'm going to give her that because I think she is upset. I think she's upset, and she should be upset. She just lost her job, so she's not going to have the money to pay for her kid's education. And Noah's name getting taken off this means she's not going to have the money, the help from him. But what kids. about just
1: his life's work being ripped away from him and her being a friend-slash-lover-slash-spouse, kind of feeling some empathy for him? Like, oh, you're, your, whole me- your whole main purpose of creation and being meaningful in life is being a- – you're being extricated from it.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah.
1: Not just it's going to cost me money because I'm not going to get part of what – Money you're going to get out of it,
0: No, but I mean, that is a thing, but there again, Mike, I mean, you know, the story is the story of him cheating on her, In so the I mean past. yeah, he can't but, do I
1: anything mean, he can't do anything. this is the argument I thought we were going to get into. He can't do anything more to make that better, yeah. except maybe not do it anymore again, <laughs> and it doesn't appear like he is doing it anymore again. So what can he do about it? You can't keep ripping the guy for it for things that happened in the past.
0: Is she? She's not ripping him. But, I mean, how, how sympathetic is she supposed to be? I mean, I, I see her. She was like, it changed her attitude toward him, and she said, I'm really sorry. And how is she supposed to be um, about the story of his love affair with somebody else?
1: That would be hard, I guess. I mean,
0: I mean, it's not a story about their family life that's getting getting taken away. It's really a story of her deepest humiliation. It's a story of her darkest time that Noah is profiting from. So, I mean, I I, I can see certainly some ambivalence, anyway.
1: Well, you're probably right. I'm just seeing it as, like, the guy can't do anything to change it. But he did create it, so you're right about that.
0: Yeah, I don't know. But Helen has a family tracker on her phone, and she sees that they're at Sasha's in Malibu. No, why? I mean, you know, do you have anything to say about that? About
1: having a family tracker?
0: No, about the fact that Sasha picked them up, and nobody can even text Helen or Noah and say where they are.
1: Well, and maybe if oh, the only thing is that the emergency nature of it excuses the school for letting some odd guy pick up kids that aren't his kids and helicopter them away. Maybe. But, you know, Sasha's, a, Sasha's fucking evil, Michelle. When he does this FaceTime with her and she's like, oh, I don't yeah. want to face. This is like proof of life. This is like you can pay the ransom now because I have the children and they're healthy. This is like, <laughs> I'm serious. I'm trying to be a little funny, but it's, it, that's how it comes across to me. Like, look, I got him. I can come and get him anytime. I'm powerful and you're not as powerful as me. And then he hangs up on her with her kids there.
0: Yeah. I mean, I didn't really look at it as that serious, but.
1: It's all on his terms. It's not her. She has no say about when her kids get picked up. She has no say about, hey, hey, dude, I want to talk to my children and not you. He hangs up on her.
0: Well, Mike, not only that, but when she gets there, he has a conversation with her saying, I did this because I want to be more like you. So he gaslights her about it.
1: Yeah, he's bad. He's bad news. It's
0: really bad. But he finds out Noah's there, and he's all pissy about that. He's sending a helicopter for her, and it'll be there in 20 minutes, and she should come. And then he's like, you're right. He sasses her about Noah and hangs up on her. So Noah says, just go. I'm going to go to the airport. I want to talk to Whitney in person. And then Noah thanks Helen for today and tells her she's a great mom.
1: Noah's a bit of a pussy here, Michelle, if if you ask me. He needs to put his fucking foot down and be some sort of a stand-up, maybe not a hero, can't really call me a hero for fixing shit he created, but he could be a stand-up guy for once and say, uh, not just thanking her for how great all the kids and everything, he did some good stuff out of the bad shit he did. He, could, he did stand up for her and went to jail for her. That's a pretty fucking huge thing if you ask me. And staying behind with, with Whitney is pretty big to help her out. And he could just say, hey, look, I'm going to do the best I can to make the best out of this. I know I've created most of this mess, and I'll stand up for it. But he's, he's like, apologizing and thanking her, and he's just a frickin' weak weasel. I'd rather see him stand up and, I don't know, be a man. Well,
0: yeah, I mean... I guess I can see that. I, I appreciated him thanking her for today because she was the, his soft place to go, right? And she didn't beat him up unnecessarily, except about her job, which I think that's
1: Yeah, but you, you say, hey, thanks for giving me a little bit of refuge. I needed a breather. No, I'm going to get some shit done. You don't just thank her. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Um, I know I did all this, and your kids are great, not because of me. It's all you. Right. Th- this was wimpy. I don't know. I didn't like it. Well, where's Whoa. my goddamn seat on this helicopter? I'm, if I'm not going to fly the damn thing, I'm, I'm going to be in the gunner's seat. He should have gotten the seat on the helicopter.
0: That's what I thought. I thought he might do that, and I was hoping he would. But that was pretty cool, right? That was one of the cool scenes in this, because she looks out one side of the helicopter, and it's beautiful and scenic, a little, you know, smoky, but beautiful and scenic, and then out the other side, and it's devastation.
1: Well, that's how it really looks. (laughs) You can drive down the road and see on one side of the road like a roaring fire, and the other side, the sky's blue and, like, green and pretty.
0: Well, she gets to Sasha's and she sees Trevor's black eye and finds out he's fought with Brooklyn because Brooklyn made a comment about his dad. So Sasha comes in with snacks and they talk privately. And this is where he tells her that Trevor called him because Noah was with Helen and Trevor didn't want to see him. I don't know if I believe that.
1: Trevor's a little snitch. I I don't like Trevor at all.
0: Well, at least he fought Brooklyn over his dad. Right, I mean that's something. On the TV, Audrey is speaking about Noah and how she's so encouraged by the sisterhood that's supporting and believing in her. And clearly, there are men out there that just hate women. So I'm. This was um. Yeah, this wasn't the the one you wanted to talk about. Okay, Stacy's on a website and that's. All all this is frustrating to Helen, but Stacey's on a website that's defending Noah. Helen gets a phone call and asks how they got her number and says no comment. Now, in the meanwhile, Sasha has excused himself to go get Helen a drink, and she hears Sasha on the phone trying to um, navigate what these accusations are and what they mean to his movie.
1: Isn't he kind of celebrating Noah's downfall?
0: Yeah. I mean, he is. And it was very suspicious what he was saying. And Sasha tells her to put out a short statement asking for privacy for her and the kids and to keep the kids away from Noah. And Helen says that would break Noah's heart. And Sasha's like, well, yeah, that's what's important, right? He's ugly and sarcastic. And then Stacy comes into the room, and she's reading the story of the script supervisor on the descent movie of being left brawless at that Halloween party. And that was bad. I told you at the time that was really, really bad. Wow. She, it was bad.
1: I don't like that. They're trying to make Stacy feel guilty for wanting to go to this party. And that's why Noah got there and got into trouble and all this. Cause Stacy's smarter than this. Michelle. Stacy is old enough now, even at 12 or whatever she is, she's old enough and smart enough to know that this is not her fault, what her dad does while he drives
0: her to drop her off Oh my gosh, but that's what this whole thing is about. It's about the women taking responsibility for men and how Helen is bringing up a child because she is of a, okay, I'm going to tone this down, because she's of a different generation And so obviously she's raising her daughters to take responsibility for the men so the men don't have to take responsibility for themselves. It's just disgusting to me. It's absolutely disgusting. Of course that would not be Stacy's fault. And can we talk about what was her name, Ellen, or, or I forget her name, the script supervisor. Does she have no responsibility in that? It was a Halloween party with children, and I was left naked behind a garbage can. Well, bitch, don't get naked behind a garbage can with a guy at a children's Halloween party. How about that?
1: Michelle, such language.
0: I'm just so irritated about that. She was throwing herself at Noah, and Noah shouldn't have done it. I mean, I've said that a thousand times. He shouldn't have done that. I said it back then. It was Disgusting his actions, but so were hers. And how does that turn into just Noah's fault? That was actually a question.
1: Well, okay. So, I mean, they they dumb down Stacy, which I don't like like I have already said, but I also don't like they dumb down us as the audience that this that this event pushes Helen over the edge to totally agree with Sasha after what she's just freaking heard and seen him do to Noah on the phone and uh I she, know. She's totally 180s her position and agrees to call in the statement because of this stupid woman who got topless and stuck in a garbage can or wherever the hell she was, behind the rose bushes at the garbage cans.
0: I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous. But, I mean, Helen didn't do it because of the woman. She did it, obviously, because of Stacy. And, of course, it's not Stacy's fault. But this is where she asked Helen to, or asked Sasha but to But don't you, as Stacey. a mom,
1: Michelle, don't you say to your 12-year-old, who's not three years old or six years old, she's 12 years old. She's one year from being a teenager. Don't you say to her, honey, this isn't your fault. Come on, you know you know that dad just gave you a ride there. Dad's responsible for whatever happens that he's involved in. It's not your fault.
0: Of course you Instead say Instead of
1: that. going to Sasha and saying, oh, dude, you're totally right now, and let's get this press release out immediately.
0: No, actually, what you say in a situation like that is, I know that a lot of the things that are being said about your father are very unflattering. I also happen to know that a lot of them are exaggerated and untrue. And I don't know about this story, but the fact of it is, Stacy is that whatever your dad does or whatever I do, or whatever Sasha does, is on us. And whatever you do is on you, not what somebody else does. So stop with the whining, stop with the crying. You take responsibility for you, and everybody takes responsibility for their own actions. Or that's what you say. Or
1: Stacy, when you go to parties, Wear layers, girlfriend. Don't get stuck if your bra gets taken off with nothing else to cover yourself.
0: That was ridiculous. She was left naked. That bra, that little tiny piece of string with some, what, tool on it, was, was, she was left freezing. Anyway, I can't. I just can't. Okay. So, Helen is reading her statement on public record and she's sympathizing with the women and asking people to respect her children's privacy and saying that Noah was a good father, blah, blah. But she says a lot more than just Noah was a good father. Sasha tells Helen that his publicist knows Petra and will get this to her. But I mean, the Petra thing is too late, right? The Petra damage is done. The article's out. So I mean, who cares if you get it to Petra? But Helen's a little suspicious about this, that his publicist knows Petra. And then, of course, Sasha, Sasha, Sasha has prepared a nice meal with all this fresh vegetables and stuff that I'm sure he just had lying around his house and asked them all to put their phones away and let's enjoy a meal. Helen is sitting there like in a fog. She's almost disassociated. And I don't know if, she's realizing some stuff or if she's suspecting some stuff or if she's just so out of it at this point but i mean it literally shows her world just being just like spinning around her so then it's later in the evening helen of course drinking wine the kids are watching tv and sasha comes up he's massaging her shoulder she's a tense and offers to run her a bath Helen thanks him for helping her deal with this. And as they get up to go to the bath, Eden is on TV saying vile stuff. And Helen goes over to watch it with the kids. It's mocking and condescending and saying that Eden has been traumatized by Noah.
1: Did you know about this show, Michelle? This is a real show at one point. It was a real show.
0: I've never seen it in my life.
1: Busy tonight. Mm -hmm. Busy Phillips. Michelle, this interviewer... Eden is one of the women that came forward. Every word was like that—that that stretched out vowel.
0: Do they do that Twitter, I mean, did you do that I on the real show. You could,
1: is there anyone out there that doesn't know Twitter? doesn't watch Twitter thirty times? If you are, <laughs> I mean, some women talk like that. I would—I actually would prefer to call them girls talk like that because it's very adolescent. It sounds very very adolescent to me, but. It's a thing, man. People talk like that. Women talk like that.
0: <laughs> I've, you know, I've never been exposed to that. Eden
1: um, is one of the women that came forward. You haven't heard people talk like that?
0: Well, I mean, I've heard it, but I haven't heard it like as a real thing, as like a day-to-day thing. Oh, I've yeah. Never I don't even think it was.
1: Uh, okay. I have a question here about Sarah Trine because... Either she's trying to represent this as like the cool colloquial interviewer, Hollywoodish TV host, or she's trying to be sarcastic. And I would love it if she was being sarcastic here. Because the way she makes all these women look so snipey and unbelievable towards one another. Like like Eden during this interview, Eden's on the couch being interviewed. And, and Busy Phillips asks her, how, how old were you? <laughs> and Eden mm-hmm. says, oh, very, very young, and with a big, evil, grinning smile on her face. Like, it's so awesome. Like, I was so young that this is so juicy that we caught Noah doing this. Like, not, oh, geez, I was so young, it hurt me so bad. It was like she was, she was celebrating how very, very young I was when he made the moves on me. It's, just, okay. it's ridiculous. I, I
0: took that as because it was 10 years ago. She didn't want to. It was like an age thing, right? Because obviously there's something wrong with women who are older than 30, right? Which is insulting, Sarah Treem. I know you listen to this, and that's freaking you insulting. You know she listens
1: to this? That's news for me.
0: <laughs> I'm kind of being funny. But seriously. That so is so it's, that's you think insulting. it's just the
1: age thing, like oh, I you know I was very I was four years old when a right, Because happened. Eden do
0: not want to be over thirty they're or whatever. Right. Oh, okay. I was very young. I was very young. But they're talking about obviously.
1: sexual exploitation. You can't you can't mix those two, can you?
0: Well you sh- certainly shouldn't but no I mean it's, it's, it's ridiculous Eden should say her age you're gonna come forward and throw out all these accusations about essentially being raped which is what she's saying and you're not even gonna say how old you were when it happened anyway well, it's just plus,
1: plus I'm trying to build this argument for Sarah Treem because I think she's putting this out in a in a sarcastic like she's making fun of it. She has to be like, look at, did you take notice of Eden's appearance? She's like a wild eyed shrew. What's going on with her hair, Michelle?
0: <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I actually did notice that. She looked um, gaunt and she looked frazzled and yeah, wild eyed, you right. But. I did not take it as sarcasm. I took it as um, maybe a little uh, caricature-ish, surely, with the interviewer. What did you say her name was? I've never heard of her. Busy Phillips. Okay. That seemed a little caricature-ish, maybe a little over the top. But, see, it's like all this over the top. And then when Eden gets down to the meat of the story, it's a different person. And she's calm. And she's tearing up. And it's like this real thing. So if it's if if it is sarcasm, Sarah Train failed in showing that. And she should have shown that in this.
1: All right, sorry, Sarah. Try to support you.
0: Yeah, I'm not sorry, Sarah. Eden says she didn't choose to come forward. A reporter called her and asked her if Noah Noah Soloway had been inappropriate, and she was tired of lying to save men. Um, After that tour with Noah, Eden quit her job because she didn't want to be alone with a male client, and she felt ashamed and wondered if she had led him on, blah, blah, blah. And then they read the statement that Helen gave, but left out everything except the praises for Noah. So what did you think about that?
1: Yeah, um, they're they're unveiling the whole Sasha's behind this.
0: Well, Sasha's behind it, but but the media picks up this stuff, cherry-picks the part they want out of it, and runs with it. And it's disgusting, Helen asks Sasha, what about the rest of the statement? And Sasha says sometimes they cut it short. Like it's no big deal, and it was a big deal. Eden isn't surprised that Helen did that. And then she is just like so freaking condescending. Helen's nice, but she's of a different generation, a stay-at-home mom. Her marriage was her whole life. Like there's something wrong with that. She worshipped Noah. Even after their divorce, she would show up at his book readings, <gasps> you know. So Eden doesn't think that Helen knew who she was married to. No, obviously Eden knew him better being with him for, what, six weeks on a book tour? She knew him better than somebody who births four children, right? Um Eden psychoanalyzes Noah and says that he seems to compartmentalize. He can be a good husband and father and still pressure women to have sex in their hotel rooms.
1: Well, we've said it before. Eden's lying. He he did not meet to Eden. Eden came up to his room. She was making out with him. He was just (laughs) – you got mad at me when I said this before. That's why I expected a fight during this one. But I think women presented themselves to Noah in a way that he was – he, he's an adult. He's a big boy. He can do what he wants and not do what he wants. But he's given these opportunities and he's a weak doofus and he went with the opportunity versus forcing women to do things. That's not the story that really happened in the episode season two or three or whenever the hell he was with, originally with Eden.
0: I wasn't mad at Sarah you. Sarah Treem
1: found <laughs> Me Too and made it Into a topic that she could dump into this mix of other things later on. After she came up with the idea for the affair,
0: well, obviously, yeah.
1: And you just uncovered another one, Michelle, in your description that the fake news, like fake news. Oh, they take a little bit of what they say and they fake. She's a she's a I don't know topicologist. She puts whatever news, hot news topic that's in our colloquial you know experience into her story like willy-nilly there's no rhyme or reason to it there's no there's no editing it to something smart it's just dumped in
0: it's not done to enhance the story it's done in spite of the story and i just think it's the worst storytelling I've ever heard. It's
1: true. I mean, it's true. Me Too happens. Fake news happens. Climate change is a question and it's out there and there's things happening that are weird sure. that people don't sure. know. That. It's all happening, but what's it got to do with the story of the affair? This has become a very untight tale. It's, it's not focused and interesting like it was when Noah left his pretty cool, sweet little family for a, a beautiful woman that Ruined her family. I mean, that was a tight little cool story.
0: Yeah. And it was, it it was enough, you know, that's enough for a story. You don't have to throw every social injustice at the wall to muddy this up. We can be mad at Noah just for what he did. We can dislike Noah just for what he did. He doesn't have to also have been a predator as they're portraying he doesn't have to um i don't know montauk doesn't have to be underwater for the climate to be changing it's just so freaking over the top it's overdone but they turn off the tv and trevor asks helen if this is true And Helen says that it's not, that she saw Eden flirting with Noah, and she did. And she's like, and I didn't stay home. I worked. I supported y'all. She brought that up before she supported him for how many years, you know, while he was a writer. And the only reason she was on the book tour was because Whitney was looking at colleges, and they ran into him. And Eden made it all sound like something else. So then Helen's in the bedroom, and Sasha comes in, and Helen's saying she doesn't know what to do, and Sasha's saying she'll get through it, but it's not a good idea to lie to your kids, Helen. And she's like, well, I wasn't lying. And then Sasha says that she's the one who told him that Noah was having sex with Eden throughout the whole book tour. And Helen did say that in passing to him, right? She did. Remember, she said, I think they were having sex or something.
1: Well, that's the trigger to this whole thing that got Sasha turned Petra onto Eden's trail. Right. That's why Helen feels guilty now about it.
0: Right. And I mean, I can actually understand that. And I think that's founded. I think it's okay for her to feel bad that she trusted the wrong person and said something flippantly that was then turned into something. I mean, I think that's fair.
1: That, may, Helen, that may all be true, Michelle. But you know what is really bad about this whole thing? What? You don't have to wear masks inside your car with its filtration system on while you're driving through wildfires. Well,
0: if you're going to wear a mask, I mean, shouldn't it at least be like kind of sealed to your face? I don't see what good those masks would I mean, would if you want to anyway. look
1: really dumb, this is what the look you go for. And Sarah Treem nailed that part of it. Because they look freaking ridiculous driving in with the inside of their car with the windows up with those masks on.
0: Well, yeah, and she can't see three feet in front of her car, but she's out driving anyway.
1: It's dramatic, very dramatic, though.
0: Before that, Helen does, she does really take up for Noah in this. She says he's not the bad guy and that this movie was his baby, or Sasha says he's not the bad guy and this movie was his baby, and and Helen says, well, what about my actual babies? They're going to be scarred because of the stuff you did. And then her phone starts ringing. It's Noah. Sasha tells her not to answer it. She answers it anyway.
1: Yeah, what's more scarring? It's a great point. What's more scarring? (laughs) The things Noah did back then are the things Sasha's doing now.
0: Well, right, because the kids have finally come out on the other side from Noah's, I don't even know what to call it.
1: And, and they're somewhat more, and I'm not saying it's right what Noah did, but they're somewhat more insulated when they're little kids versus when they're almost quasi-adults watching this on news and, and taking it all in and seeing it as, like, adults. I mean, they're a little bit more shielded from it when they were children.
0: Right. Well, then we go to part two, which is Whitney. Do we have to go over it? I'm just like so irritated with every bit of this. You
1: didn't like the airport agent, Michelle, the snowflake agent?
0: The I'm going to have to ask you to stop yelling. You know, my daughter, Julia, the one who's getting married this weekend, she always, she says it as a joke. Like, you can say, Julia, why did why did you do that? And she'll go, okay, first I'm going to have to ask you to stop yelling because it's like so over the top to say that. And that's what this guy was doing, but he wasn't doing it as a joke, which is what's so freaking ridiculous.
1: I have, to, I have to believe that Sarah Chim knows that some of us have been to an airport like once or twice in our lives. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like she goes, she tells him about her travel decision and he just goes, okay, just go to the gate. (laughs) He doesn't give her like a, like a boarding pass or he just, she just tells him what she wants and he sends her on her her way about Mm -hmm. what they do at airports. And she, in another scene with this guy, she walks up, she shoulders her way up to the front of the line. Could you imagine trying to do that at a fricking airport? You would be mugged by the people that you cut in front of. (laughs) Anyway, we're halfway through this, and we're an hour in, so. I
0: know. I know. I'm getting a headache. Whitney gets a notification about the Vanity Fair article while she's standing there, and her phone starts blowing up as she's trying to read it because everybody in the world gets Vanity Fair notifications, right? And they read them as soon as they pop up because nobody has anything else to do in their lives other than read these Vanity Fair articles. Vanity Fair thinks a lot of, or Sarah Trim thinks a lot of Vanity Fair. Finally she gets a call, she gets all these calls, she's dismissing them, her phone's just blowing up, and she gets a call, it's Fur Cat, she heads to his place because she has such a long layover now for her flight. And she's going up the elevator and she's all like a little girl looking, right? She's like leaning up against the wall and she's distraught and lost and he's offering her hugs and sweet words and big shoulders to Crone. He pours her a drink and he starts immediately disparaging her father.
1: Well, he's and, a father figure. I mean, they make they make Whitney look like a daughter to Furcat, more than a lover to him.
0: Well, that's disgusting in every way. Well, he
1: is. He's a Noah surrogate. A, or they're trying to portray him as that. Like, he's just like Noah, and Whitney will see that and then know more about Noah because she sees it in Furcat.
0: He's so much worse than Noah. He's so much worse than Noah. But... Whitney's worried about Trevor and Stacy, and then Furcat goes into, you know, they'll be fine, they're resilient and you're still a beautiful woman with a great future and just, I mean, of course she is. This isn't her. I would be like, what does this have to do with me, you idiot? Furcat says that he's never met anyone who's so self-destructive and not careful as Noah. So, Noah's problem, according to Furcat, isn't the fact that he may have raped six women, which is basically what this is saying. It's that he wasn't careful enough to cover it up, which is disgusting. And he tells Whitney sometimes you just have to make a clean break with toxic people.
1: Yeah, no and- kidding, Furcat.
0: Really, thanks for the advice. There, see ya. She talks about the week they just spent in Montauk and how wonderful it was with her father. And Furcat wants to know, well, why were you there? Well, I'm getting married. Mazel tov. Break open the champagne. Good for you. He's weirdly happy. What What was that all about?
1: Well, I don't know. That's a good. That's a good defense against being jealous. Pretend that you're happy for somebody. You know. You see somebody with their new boyfriend or something, and you're like, oh, good for you guys. Glad to see you're happy. Like, it's, it's a bit of a wall,
0: I think. Yeah, I didn't think he was pretending. I thought he was—he just doesn't care anything about her. He just doesn't care about her. He, she's not important to him.
1: Like he's not heartbroken and he might be a little heartbroken if she meant, she meant more to him.
0: Right. At least he would go, oh, you know, you're, you know, whatever. But he didn't. He's, you know. Yeah, he I can asked, see that. Well, he asked why she didn't bring him to the party. Why didn't you bring him along? It might have been awkward, Whitney says. And Fur says, well, maybe for you. As if, I mean, he's disgusting. Whitney says she's getting married for a green card because he's from Ireland and then some woman comes upstairs. She didn't know if they were finished. And Furcat says, "I got what I need. Let yourself out." And then Whitney asks him, "Why she?" Was she was typing
1: had- up some letter or something, Michelle.
0: I think so. In her yeah. Bare I feet think, in her- Yeah. In her robe. Or Victoria's Secret see-through robe. Whitney asked why she never, why he never asked her to model. And Furcat says she was too good for that. He he wanted more than a body he could manipulate for his art. And she said, Well, wasn't that what the other night was? And because you had sex with me in front of your rich friend to get him off. You were essentially whoring me out and Furcat's like really upset. He says obviously she's upset by her dad, but that night was absolutely what she wanted. And of course it wasn't, you know, I mean she did go along with it, but that wasn't her idea.
1: So why is Whitney even there, Michelle? It's a
0: long I don't know.
1: it's a long way from JFK to Brooklyn or Manhattan or wherever the hell Furcat is it's it, she's waiting for a flight it might be 2 hours away but still it's, that's a that's a tight schedule to go back to the city and go back out to the airport it could be an hour each way easily
0: yeah i don't think it was 2 hours they said something about 5 and i know on the west coast it was early morning when they were talking about it so like maybe 8 so it might've been like 11 East coast time and okay. her flight wasn't until five
1: distance aside. Why is she out? Why does she go to see fur cat?
0: Yeah, I don't have any idea. But Furcat's landed on her. Well, why didn't you leave? Why didn't you bring your fiance? Did you tell him what happened? And then he goes into, um, that she needs to think long and hard about accusations and should worry about her dad because it could have repercussions to her career. And Dashiell is going to open a gallery. Now this is the guy that they had sex in front of. And Furcat was going to be his first artist and they wanted Whitney to do it, but knowing how she feels about him, they should probably rethink that. And Whitney sits there and she says, why did you hit me in Paris? And Furcat's, oh, you've blown all this out of proportion. Um, For that to have happened, I would have had to have had passion for you. I never had those feelings for you. And get out of my loft.
1: Get out of my loft. Kind of. And into my
0: car. (laughs) Yeah. She asked him to drive her so they can clear the air. And, no, it was a mistake to invite you over. I'm in a good place now. I'm very productive. I don't want to get all messed up in the past. And then he dismisses her by sitting down at his desk with his back to her. And then Whitney's on some kind of what? Bus going back to the airport. No, I mean, it's an
1: Uber you- pool, it's where you share rides with other people. It's the Peekaboo.
0: We have that here.
1: Peekaboo Uber, Uber pool. You get in and then it picks you up and then it picks other people up along the way. It's cheaper. You share okay. the ride and then people get dropped off along the way.
0: Okay. Well, of course, it was two guys who were going to look down her shirt the whole time. One so guy. She, well, one guy was looking down, but she's mashed up against another guy as well, and she's looking miserable, covers up with her coat. And so she's so uncomfortable with her own body because the way these people have made her feel, even though her bra is like literally hanging out of her shirt the whole time, that she goes into a gift shop and buys a hoodie to cover up with.
1: Yeah, with zero money that she has, she buys like a $60 airport hoodie or more from an well, airport gift to, shop. She
0: has to, She has to because she's uncomfortable because she's making these men look at her.
1: But the place where that was the se- setting where that was a possible problem is now over cuz now you're in the freaking airport.
0: I know, not, but maybe next she'll to sit a beside guy in a something cab. on a plane, and, and and he might look at her. And she's got a bag. She didn't have any other clothes in the bag. She went to Montauk in the winter. Whatever.
1: In the winter? Um,
0: in the winter, she did. <laughs> See, Michelle, um, you're
1: part of the problem. <laughs>
0: you're not likely. as
1: old as you think, Michelle. you got that 30-year-old in you still.
0: Yeah. You know, I would like to think I do. Until thirty year olds are portrayed like that. And let me just say this, and I just literally tossed my notes down to say this. I have a daughter that's thirty two, and she is nothing like these
1: I have a daughter.
0: I have a daughter thirty two. And she can she's smarter than Smarter. smarter than any of these women. Come on,
1: Michelle, you can do it.
0: No, I can't. I'll coach you. And I don't wanna. Okay. I don't
1: want to. <laughs> it's hard to describe what it is without trying to do it, like trying to mimic it. It's like an it's like extending the vowel of the last word in your exclamation. Yeah. Exclamation. It's definitely,
0: it's definitely not my um accent, but I will work on it this week if you want me to and do the whole next episode in that.
1: Oh perfect.
0: Okay. So she's waiting to board and she doesn't see her name and so she trusts. you're right. She elbows her way up to the front with no repercussions. I mean, and you so would
1: be freaking murdered at an airport line if you did this.
0: Well Aubrey does or Audrey does it and not only is she not murdered, but she's listened to. She demands they help her and she says her name which Whitney notices. So Whitney is boarding the plane and she's apologizing to everybody she touches. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Little tiny Whitney is evidently, you know, bumping into people so hard that she's got to apologize because she was raised by somebody who told, you know, Whitney and Stacy are the only people who were raised by 50-year-olds. I guess Audrey was raised by some 30-year-old, right? Who didn't whatever whatever and audrey says what are you sorry for like don't apologize let me tell you what to do
1: what about the coincidence of audrey and whitney being on the same plane in the same line oh i know and force it's four rows away from each other
0: on the day that the vanity fair article comes out that whitney is that audrey's in i mean it's laughable so Whitney's reading about her dad on her laptop and notices that Audrey is one of the women who is accusing Noah. So she decides to go talk to her. And I was really proud of Whitney. I was really proud of her initiative and her smarts and the things she was saying. And then Audrey changes her mind. Audrey by saying nothing except ridiculousness, basically confirming everything Whitney has said, changes her mind about her own father. I I, I don't even know where to go about that. Whitney says that she's sorry that Noah hurt Audrey's feelings But that's not a reason to ruin his whole career. And Audrey goes, why not? Why not? Uh,
1: uh, Michelle, if you're asking me to explain the writing, I'm probably not going to be able to help you.
0: Audrey goes on to say she dropped his class, which she needed for her major. So she dropped her major. And she stopped writing for three years and went into a depression. The way Noah spoke to her confirmed her own worst fears. She was worthless and stupid and not enough and a waste of space. Because Noah didn't like her writing.
1: Yeah, it's, it's stupid, man. M- Michelle, why, do you, why are you tuned into the profound stuff and I'm tuned into like the Artie switches seats with the dude and totally leaves all her crap at her seat. How can you do that? <laughs> She took off her sweatshirt and threw it down on the seat and went up and switched seats and just sat down. What's that poor dude going to do with all of her girly crap at the seat that it, that she left?
0: Well, I mean, maybe he needs a sweatshirt. I don't know. You know, it's all fair, right? I'm just so irritated with this whole thing. After Audrey started writing her book, she started asking herself why she felt like this. And it all just boiled down to Noah. That's who she just decided to blame.
1: I know. That's where I'm trying to give Sarah Trim this credit. Like, is she just slamming the irresponsibility of keyboard warriors, like on Twitter? Like you can, any little thing that bothers you, you can put into your blog or your Twitter account and make, make it known that this bothers you. And, Instead of just being a snowflake and figuring shit out on your own and like addressing it, you you project it out to the world. Or is she saying that this is a good way for to express feelings and become an adult woman by exploring your inner angst? She's either slamming it or she's praising it.
0: I mean, I've got no reason to think. That she's being sarcastic in this. Well,
1: Whitney this. does say maybe your writing just wasn't very good. Maybe that's why my dad didn't give you a good grade, or maybe that's why you weren't successful in that endeavor of a ma- pursuit of that major.
0: I just don't understand why. God, I gotta bring this down. I mean, I really get angry over this stuff because I've raised daughters. You know, and it really, this really gets under my skin. I don't understand why we want to tell people in their 30s or, you know, thereabouts, that their choices, they're not responsible for, that it's somebody else's fault. You're doing nothing by doing that to these young people, except setting them up for failure. And it pisses me off and it pisses me off that we do this as a society. And we do. I mean, society tends to do that. Nothing is your fault. You know, it's somebody else's fault. Find out, you know, boil it all down and find out whose fault it is. And that's just crap. It's crap. And Whitney says it here. You know, she says she's had sex with men she shouldn't have and wanted to have sex with men who didn't want her. And it's just the way it is. And this is where Audrey admits she wanted to sleep with Noah, but he didn't want her. And that hurt her feelings.
1: Also, Michelle, no plane announcements, no people boarding or walking past, no plane taking off. No, fasten your seatbelts, please. <laughs> no, drink carts coming past. They have like a fifteen-minute conversation.
0: Well, Audrey says, "Did you really want to have sex with those men, or did you want to be?" Did you just eye roll me, Michelle? No, I didn't. I mean, it's just that. No, not you. I'm eye rolling. I mean, that's yeah. You're right. Another, another re- thing. It, it doesn't happen like that. Which this way? is not.
1: Which way, well, did the, which way did the understanding flow here? I'll quit screwing around about the stupid plane airport representation. But well, which way did the understanding flow here towards Whitney or towards Audrey? Like, wh- who got the high ground here?
0: Well, Audrey did. Because Whitney is left like a little ball again, like she was going up the uh, elevator in Fur Cat's apartment. She's leaning back on the seat looking all like, like the little scared kitten, you know?
1: So wouldn't you say that these experiences forced Audrey to finally come around and be a pretty rounded, now she is able to express herself, and now she is able to stand up for herself? It might have been a tough trial, but, and like you're saying, like everybody gets a soccer trophy, everybody's perfect, everybody gets an A didn't this turn out pretty good for Audrey in the end or in the middle, wherever she is in her life?
0: Well, I mean, she's you could certainly look at it that way. You know, but she's saying this things like we live in a world where we have to make men comfortable and then we'll be allowed to speak. We have to do mental gymnastics. Stop blaming that on other people. If you're doing mental gymnastics before you speak and if you're looking at your at your clothing and you're worried about it, that's your own insecurity. Don't blame that on other people because you can't. Fix other people. All you can fix is yourself. So if you're having all of these negative thoughts, they didn't come from Noah. And she even says they didn't. She says she felt them and he reinforced them. But anything will reinforce something if that's what you're looking for. If you're looking to be reinforced that you're great, then you're reinforced that you're great. And if you're looking to be reinforced that you suck, then you're going to find that because it's your perception. And stop making other people responsible for your actions and inactions.
1: So is there any chance that this is what Sarah Treem's trying to tell us?
0: Mike, you keep setting me up to say really ugly stuff, and I'm just trying really hard not to do it because I feel like I'm so freaking insulting at this point anyway, you know? Well,
1: I don't know. It's a big world. There's going to be mentors, and there's going to be adversaries in it, and that's what Audrey has faced, mentors, and mostly she's, like you're saying, she's learned to interpret interpret things in her path that are obstacles as like things that she shouldn't have had to endure. But the the fact that she did endure them made her into a fairly successful blogger, writer, whatever the hell she is. I mean, the world's complicated. You don't just get a fast track to like success. You have to go through trials and tribulations.
0: No, you don't, Mike. The only reason you have to do that as a female is because some man stood in your way. Don't you know that? Don't you know that? That is like. 30-year-old logic in this show.
1: All right, you're getting better at it, Michelle.
0: Uh, she says that Noah is an impediment to the world that women are allowed to speak in. So and she
1: still believes that, even though she's been through this and now sees from the other side that she can stand up to men, she still thinks that... Like, she, you would almost want to... Like, sometimes you say you thank your enemy for the lesson that he teaches you. You know in football, you thank the other team for being such a strong adversary because it made you reach back and get better and stronger and you'd think that would be a good lesson for Audrey to get from all this. Like now I understand what happened or not just it's still there. the problems are still there tomorrow I'm gonna run into another guy who thinks he's you know gonna tell me and push me around and tell me what to do and I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to do I'm gonna have to still live in a male dominated world and Yeah. Avoid all these obstacles.
0: Yes. They're trying to be some kind of trailblazer. Hmm. And it's just Noah and they're putting him in this position. And I don't like being put in a position to defend Noah because you know how I feel about him. But I've got to defend him just because you've done something wrong. Or just because you've done everything wrong doesn't mean that you've done something else wrong. And I hate being put in a position to defend him, but but I have to because that's what's fair and right. Well, that's life.
1: why I think I'm coming back around to Sarah Treem's defense here because she, she – you're right. That's a great observation that just because you've done one thing wrong doesn't mean you do everything wrong. You're a human. You have faults and foibles. And some of them are pretty freaking bad Like you don't sleep with your uh, Publicist And you, your student, really your student That is pretty bad to even consider it That she would come up to the room even as bad But still it, It's it's a complicated world and people have Weaknesses and they do stupid things And they get in trouble and they get in and out Of trouble Why does Okay so why does in this next scene She lets she She ruins Whitney Whitney is melted into a puddle of love from the stupid painting explain that to me
0: well okay so whitney gets home she guzzles wine right and she wouldn't drink wine in front of colin before and colin's scolding her for disappearing and not returning the text or calls and whitney says her father just got harvey weinsteined and her future's going down the toilet he says she can't disappear because he's about to be her husband And then Whitney's like, I can't marry you because I cheated on you with Furcat. And Colin, of course, is like devastated and hurt. And I ask if she's in love with Furcat. And she's like, no, he's an asshole. But obviously, so am I. And you should leave me. Why isn't that what you want? And he says, because I want to know if we can fix things. And Whitney says, why? Because you'll get deported. And then Colin comes back with a great line and says, he's not with her because he needs a green card. He needs a green card so he can be with her. And then he goes to the closet and pulls out that incredible painting because Whitney didn't know. She didn't know that he was painting her. And all this time that he's been kept in, Colin was great in this. His face. It was just like, that was the shining moment in this whole thing.
1: See, I thought this was really sappy. Drippy. Oh I,
0: yeah, but I mean, I'm I'm gonna take it, right? Because Colin was so vulnerable. He's like, "This is what I was doing. This is what you mean to me. You don't mean a green card. This is what you mean." The he was hours. being
1: lazy. He was being lazy and taking naps in the middle of the day while she was working two jobs. Though he's not, he's not Mister Perfect Romantic. All this whole time, I've been slaving over this painting. Right. You know, you know, he's not perfect. I guess that's what I just said, anyway. What's so hot about this painting, Michelle?
0: I mean, it's beautiful, um, and I think beyond that is that she didn't know what he was consumed with, and because he would never let her see. And now she finds out it was actually her. This whole time, every bit of his artistic. Energy was going into her and she didn't even know.
1: I guess. Uh, to me, it's sort of a big so what.
0: I liked it. I liked that. But I mean, I'm a sap. And I'm obviously of a different generation that gets sappy about stupid things. Whitney cries and hugs him and says she loves him so much and they go to the bedroom and then Noah's beating on the door relentlessly.
1: Yeah, the impeccable timing of the show shows up again. From yep. gravestones to painting demos to plain encounters, it's spectacular. Yep.
0: I know. It's amazing. Amazing timing.
1: Even Noah's, Helen's going to show up.
0: Oh, I know. Noah needs to talk about the allegations. There's no truth. Noah says he and Helen are going to take care of it. Um, he's got no choice but to do that. Whitney just wants to sleep. And Noah's trying to continue the conversation. And this is where Colin comes out and tells well, him to leave. I don't
1: think she wants to sleep, Michelle.
0: Well... Um,
1: She doesn't want her dad there,
0: though. You're right. But Colin comes out and tells him to leave. And uh, Helen breaks open the door with uh, Stacy and Trevor. And Helen needs to tell them all something. This is all my fault. Because Sasha wants writing credit for Noah's movie. He's using something she said to make it sound bad. And Whitney's like, Colin, take... uh, Trevor and Stacy for ice cream. And they don't want to go, but Whitney is ready now to dump this. Helen's apologizing to Noah, and it's making Whitney mad. Just because Sasha said something, why would these women say these things? And Whitney says this isn't about the kids, that it was always about Helen and Noah. And I kind of take offense to that, too. What do you think about that?
1: Well, it's the message. She's just, Sarah Dream's just hammering this message. Is like, I couldn't break the cycle. I was stuck in the cycle that dad created.
0: Well, but she's not even blaming Noah. She's blaming Helen here. She wanted, Helen's like, we divorced. What did you want from me? And she said, I wanted you to condemn him. So maybe I wouldn't have gone out looking for a guy who hurt me like he hurt you.
1: I know, but then she literally says, I repeat you didn't give me the chance to see what a crappy daddy was, so I repeated the cycle. This is it's just in I don't know, it's like unsubtle way of hammering home her message that the ripples continue out. Even though Helen didn't start this mess, she continued this mess.
0: But what else could Helen have done?
1: Divorced him and turned to Whitney and said, I divorced this evil man who had an affair because he was not, you know.
0: <clears throat> right. And not kept the he relationship. He treated me
1: poorly. And w- as a woman, we have rights in this world to not be treated like this. And...
0: and then what would have happened to Whitney when she wanted to go back east for her wedding? Who's going to go with her? You know? I mean, stop acting like. A I victim. Yes. 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 But Noah's really upset. He's like, is this really what you think about me, Whitney? And Whitney says, I believe the women. I believe the women. You did it to me. And then I just, that's when I'm done. I'm done. You know?
1: Got two I'm more episodes in the show. show.
0: I mean, yeah, and I'll do them. But I'm done. Because this is the most ridiculous, I'm not to blame, you're to blame, nonsense I've ever heard in my life.
1: Michelle, she looked in his eyes and he looked at her like prey. He treated her like prey at the hot tub.
0: So she was a female naked in a hot tub making, excuse me, making out with another female in a room full of naked people. And she was upset that somebody was looking on that. Not realizing well, who she
1: was. And plus, he didn't look at her like prey. He looked at her like, holy shit, that's my daughter. What a fucking mess this is. Like,
0: she made, but before, before he knew it was her, he sat down in the hot tub and he was turned on by two women making out. In a room full of naked people.
1: I know. It wasn't why, like. I'm why cons- do you
0: do that? Why do you make out with somebody in a room full of um, naked people where there's drugs and stuff like Mike, last time you did that, I mean, why would you do that?
1: Because it's harder than doing it in the library or the post you,
0: office. You do that because you want the attention. Otherwise, you're going to take that private.
1: Well, you do it because you're human, and you have this interest in being at a sexy party like that to start with. Then you're right, but that's part of her story. That's why she, you know Whitney's now interested in this depravity. That's you know open bisexual, naked open sex, nakedness, and all this crazy stuff. Would have never she would never have been in this circle of people without Noah having had an affair with Allison. I think that's the message. I think that's the attempted message.
0: I guess, but I mean she's saying that he you looked at me as if I was prey. I mean, shut up, Whitney.
1: He never looked at Whitney like, "Hey Whitney, let's do it, baby." You're you're He in the- was
0: looking at the females. He was in the hot tub with Whitney's back to him and not knowing who she was, and him also stoned or whatever he was doing. I think. And yeah,
1: we all know that we all know what happened. He looked at the back of Whitney and she was a pretty, she looked good from the back, like all women do and pretty young women were in the hot tub. So he hopped in the hot tub. Making when, he it looked, out, right. when he looked at Whitney and she could see in his eyes, he didn't look at her like prey. He looked at her like, Holy fuck. This is no, bad. but she's
0: saying he was looking at a woman, not knowing it was her as prey. That's what she's saying. She said he and treated
1: her. Like prey.
0: Right, right. As as a as a woman, before he recognized her, I don't think she was saying once he recognized me. I think she was she, saying that. No, she even said that. She even said that. She said he didn't recognize her, but she saw the way he looks at women like they're prey. All so. Right. Then Helen is asking repeatedly what Whitney is talking about. And Whitney runs to the bedroom and just has to look at the painting again because it's going to calm her down and make everything okay. And I think we're supposed to feel something here. And I obviously just don't have that emotion in my body to feel whatever Sarah Trine was trying to make me feel. So I would love it if somebody could tell me what I was supposed to feel in that situation. Let's see. Whitney was in a place she wasn't supposed to be in. She wasn't even supposed to be there. She was a liar and she went there and Noah was in a bad, I mean, you know, he was in a place he actually was supposed to be and he was definitely carrying it too far, but, and Whitney, she might've even been underage at this point. If not, she was just of age, right? I think she was, it was around the go to college time or whatever. So, why is what Noah did wrong by being there and what Whitney did right by being there? And she was a victim.
1: I want to know why Noah's climbing a cliff next episode, Michelle. Spoiler okay. alert.
0: Yeah, they're, they're going to kill him. I think they're going to kill him. He's going to die saving Helen. Helen.
1: How's he gonna fall? How's he gonna save Helen by falling off a cliff? She's gonna fall on top of him for padding.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. On the next one, Whitney's saying you can't survive without him, can you? Which is another tease to he's not gonna survive. And all I want in my life is to not end up like you, to Helen. Yeah, end up like Audrey, Whitney. And then we flash back and see Helen and Noah in the lobster roll way back, the first day, episode one. And she's saying that when they used to fight, Helen's saying that when they used to fight, she'd look at all these kids and think, someday this is going to be worth it. And then Helen is screaming that she doesn't know if Noah is stupid or evil. And Noah's saying he'd do anything, anything to undo what happened. And Noah is saying the fire is an hour away and if they stay there they're going to die. And then Noah is sliding down a cliff by his fingernails and Helen's screaming, "OMG, Noah." And I just made notes. Are you freaking kidding me?
1: It's pretty it's heavy. Be a joke. It's pretty heavy language, Michelle.
0: It's got to be a joke. Coming from you. Got to be a joke.
1: Can you hear those texts in the background on my computer?
0: Uh, No, I haven't. It's the
1: power company. Possible public safety power shutdown reduced to only 7,500 customers. Mm. Last time it was 800,000, so it's only one hundredth of what it was.
0: Is it going to be you or you don't know?
1: I don't know. Who knows?
0: Is that why you're getting the I'm still here
1: next week, Michelle. We'll find out what happens at the cliff.
0: Well, okay. I mean, where would you be?
1: I might be burned out or blown away or no power or who That's knows. That's not funny. I might fall off a cliff.
0: I hope you don't.
1: Well, thanks Michelle, it's nice of you. I hope you don't fall
0: off a cliff too. <laughs> thanks. Mike, I can't do this. I get like really mad. I was like after we did the last episode, the last two episodes that we did together, I was like really upset the rest of the day. I mean like like my <laughs> Blood pressure's up. I get so frustrated with this show and the amount of time that we're putting into it and everything.
1: Well you can hang up the phone and storm out the door and goddamn it, I gotta edit this for another whatever.
0: Well that's true. That's true. But I don't I I I don't see you being as emotional over it as nah, I am. this
1: so this is just a bad TV show that we're kind of obligated to run the clock out on. Jeez. I'm trying to find the funny moments in it, and it's just – it is it is pretty – it is bad to be this negative about it. It's funny when I look for the screen grab to make the picture for whatever mm-hmm. the, the podcast episode is. I always try to find something nice. Like I was going to do the Busy Phillips with her stoop – I mean, what, first, you know, I hate to say this about – I think her name's Elizabeth Phillips. Is how she gets the name Busy, nicknamed Busy, Elizabeth Phillips okay she looked like a dude in drag first when i saw her it's like is that really a woman and um i was gonna get her picture like oh this will be funny i'll put her picture but i don't want to do i always try to find like stacy or you know maybe even like i was gonna do priya with the baby eddie um you know something nice try to find try to be nice because we're pretty mean we're 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 salving our disappointment in this series by being mean to people, by being funny and ripping it. Not that it's not deserved, but...
0: I don't feel like we're being mean. I mean, I honestly don't. And you know how I am about being mean. I don't believe in being mean to anybody. I feel like I hold back on what all should be said about this and the writing. I would... Literally, and I mean, I hate to be like this, but I don't know if I saw Sarah Treem's name on something if I wouldn't just avoid it in the future.
1: Yeah, I don't know.
0: And that's the truth. I mean, I don't want to see this if I don't want to get caught up in this, and it makes me mad because this could have been so good. And now I feel like, you know, I mean, despite the fact that I'm of a different generation, I... I mean, I'm busy. It's a busy season of my life at this point. And I love podcasting and I love the time I get to spend with you and I appreciate it and I'm very grateful for it, but I hate wasting my time on this nonsense. And that's what this is. This is just nonsense. So the fact that we're doing it and the fact that we're finishing it, I mean, I don't want any accolades for it. We signed up for it and that's what you do. You finish what you start, but The fact that we're doing it and just griping through it, I think, is that's the best they could ask for. We could have been like everybody else and jumped ship on it. You know, we are one of the five people who still watch this show. So,
1: yeah, it's almost over.
0: So you're welcome, Sarah Treem.
1: By the way, Michelle, I looked up Busy Phillips to find all this out about because I had never heard of her before. This and she's actually quite attractive. She's a she's a pretty woman. But so this so that may made her look really bad in this uh,
0: episode. Well, the thing about it is, Mike, I mean, I don't think you and I are stupid, right? I mean, we like smart TV. And You know, despite how I sound, I mean, I'm not an idiot. I mean, my accent isn't the most intelligent sounding accent, but I'm not stupid. And if she means this stuff sarcastically, she needs to let us know that because I think there's too many people who would take it the other way.
1: No, I don't think she does. I think that's the problem is I'm trying to trying to consider this as like a smart way for it, this story to be told. But right. I don't I'm afraid she's not being sarcastic. I'm afraid she's being because when you're sarcastic, you shouldn't have to tell people you're being sarcastic. Right. Should be clear. Like, oh, we we all know Sarah Trane's too smart to be right. I mean, to make this seem real, you know, to, to make us believe that this is real.
0: But it's just so far over the top that I think we're kind of forced to think, you know, I've said it for several weeks, are we being punked? Because it's just too far over the top. And I don't know why she would do that. Why would she do that? Either way, if she were being sarcastic or if she wasn't, why would she do that? It's just terribly written. It's the a whole hack, thing. It's, She's
1: a hack writer. That's why
0: and she's never going to explain the time discrepancies none of that's going to be explained we've seen what the next episode's going to be and then there's going to be one after that and we're going to have to assume that one's going to be Joni
1: All right Michelle And why was
0: this one an hour and 20 minutes
1: Not every show can be the slap <laughs> We'll never reach that standard of excellence again
0: you're right. You're right. There was another one that was just as bad. I can't remember now. We've, we've done a couple, but good grief, it wasn't five years of our time.
1: All right, Michelle, see you next time on 510.
0: 510. It
1: sounds like it should be the end, but they freaking spinal right. tapped us to 511.
0: <laughs> they did. Okay, Mike, we'll see you then.
1: Bye.
0: Bye-bye.